Good morning. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Happy New Year. You're fresh up for 2022. There's plenty happening. Uh, we've got a great card tomorrow night, but more importantly, from your your own viewpoint, mum and dad are moving to the Sunshine State. Yeah, Happy New Year, everyone. It's uh, very exciting and there's plenty to organise, but yeah, great news. Okay, well, we've got a big weekend coming up, uh, not only here locally, but uh, also right throughout the country. Perth tonight, Ballarat tomorrow night. APG yielding sales here on Sunday as well, so that promises to be a big day. Yeah, most definitely. Big weekend of racing. Um, great card here on Saturday night too. Um, the open pace should be a really great contest. And, yeah, very excited about the sales at Magic Millions. Um, we'll all, of course, be there, so it'll be a fantastic day. What is your best bet coming through tomorrow night? Best bet tomorrow night is Key Largo in the opener. I think he has the gate speed to cross from seven. Mark Duck does have this pace of flying, plus driver Angus Garrard can really get him travelling. Okay, so race one, number seven, Key Largo, the best bet. And there's going to be more coming through on the club's social pages tomorrow? Yeah, most definitely. The Creek Albion on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Okay, have we got any upcoming events at the Creek Bar or at Albion Park that we should know about? Yeah, most definitely. Next week we have our first bonus Bonanza event. So there's um, a good amount of prize money, um, good amount of bonus money. Uh, so join us for an Australia Day-themed event with live music. Okay, excellent. Uh, again, thanks uh, for your time, Kate. We'll see you trackside tomorrow night. See you then. Thanks, Chris. Kate Bunt joining us from Albion Park, the communications and membership manager. And Steve, I've got to point out too, Tab have come to the party. There's a Tab uh, jackpot tomorrow night for that Albion Park meeting. It's a triple jackpot, uh, $5,000 the amount. So that projected pool around $15,000. So that's races six, seven and eight. So that's well worth checking out tomorrow night as well. Excellent. Ryan Spice with us. Well, I'll be keen to get his thoughts. Uh, he came up a little short with Lock and Varad first up last week in the Shepparton Cup. Does he double down tomorrow night in the Ballarat Cup? Ryan, good morning. Morning, Chris. Morning, Steve. How are you? That might be your money, has it, that brought the horse in already? No, no. I certainly missed the opening quote for Lock and Varad. What market, what price do you have the horse marked at? I think now at the $1.70 mark, he is well and truly found. Um, I'd want to be taking more like 220 against this field that uh, expensive Vigo rolls into. So do you stick with Lock and Varad or are you going elsewhere? Chris, I'm actually a bit concerned for him this week on the quick backup. I certainly would have rather seen um, a fortnight between runs off the long layout. So it'll be just a watch for me. Okay. Steve, I'm not surprised with that as well because, you know, originally this race wasn't part of the program and I know we spoke with Dave Moran during the week, but uh, he was keen to go this way and it was because of the barrier draw set up. If he had gone an extra week, he, he would have drawn the outside of the second row where he took his chance and he came up with a good gate. But uh, originally this race wasn't part of the, the, the schedule. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if it was in the Gallops world, Chris, and there was a horse that, you know, was first up from a long spell, and then, you know, even last week, I think, Brian, did you agree the horse just wanted to shift around or move out a bit under pressure there late? So, and David Moran kept saying, you know, if he stays sound, didn't he? Um, mm. Anyway, yeah, it will be interesting, but he, he's a tough bugger. Yeah. How, how do you reckon this race is going to play out, Ryan? Uh, have you got any thoughts on, on this race tactically early? Spirit of St. Louis 1, Lock and Barrard 2, Max Delight 3, a gate speed horse. So who's the likely early leader in your opinion? 
I think Max Delight, if Alfred sets him a line, I think he will cross. Um, and then if Moran can be Johnny on the spot, he'll probably roll to the front. Okay. Geez, it's going to be hard to beat then if he rolls to the front. Yeah, but when you've got a horse like Expensive Ego sitting outside you, you're going to want to be cherry ripe to be winning. Mm, okay. All right, so that's a wait-and-see race for you tomorrow night. So uh, no interest there at the $1.70 for Lock and Varart right now, although he has been very well tried. What takes your fancy? What is your best bet across the weekend? Chris heading to Sydney on Saturday night. Menangle race for currently stylish Memphis. Is a dollar eighty with Tab. She drops back to mare's grade. I think she can round them up and be too good. Okay, so stylish Memphis uh, on target for her uh, title defence of the Group One Ladyship Mile. So uh, stylish Memphis in race for your best bet. Did you like anything at Albion Park tomorrow night? Yeah, there certainly looks to be a few shorties to go around. I'm quite keen that Uncle Shank will take care of them in race number three. That's race three, number seven, and then also I think. Finally, Voodoo Lou draws a barrier. Race seven, number one, Brendan Barnes is going to drive. I think uh, it'll take no end of beating. Okay, so a couple there for Albion Park tomorrow night. So Stylish Memphis, the main one, Voodoo Lou, and the other one was, uh, give it to me again, I just missed that one, the first one. Uh, Uncle Shank, race three, number Uncle seven. Uncle Shank. All right, three, seven, Uncle Shank, seven, one, Voodoo Lou. Ryan, as always, really appreciate the time. Enjoy the weekend. We'll chat again next week. Cheers, guys. Interesting comments, Chris, from Ryan Spice, believing Max Delight. Now, will Chris Alford push the button at the start? Well, let's, let's ask him. He's with us. Chris, good morning. Good morning, guys. Uh, Max Delight, gate three, first up since the Inter-Dominion Grand Final, where he was fourth behind Bonsell Benjamin. He runs from gate three. He's the key runner because he's the, the gate speed horse here. Do you think he's got the speed to clear? Uh, yeah, it's, it looks a, a nice draw for him. Um, yeah, he's got two real good ones inside him, but um, pretty confident in his gate speed that he'll get across early. Okay. Do you look to, to hold the lead or do you look to hand over? Um, would just depend who, who come. I wouldn't want to... Whether um, it's probably only two you'd let go, either you know, expensive ego or Lockenbar art, but um, we'll just have to play it by ear. I think he's he's good enough to hold the fun if there's not too much pressure, and I really can't see you know after last week Lockenbar art wanting to put too much pressure on him. He had a, a real tough run last week, and expensive ego, well, he's going to be back a, a little bit early, so um, it'll be an interesting race. Chris, interesting. We're just talking about that uh, with Ryan Spice as well. Are you are you surprised at the, at the money that's come for this horse where he's now into a $1.70 chance? Lock and Um, Oh, well, we all know how good he is when he's um, at his best, but, you know, um, I'm sure David wouldn't be fronting him up again if he didn't think he was right, but, you know, he had a, a pretty tough run first up last week, and and backing up, you know, backing up for a year, it, it's a big ask. And, and this race looks significantly harder than what he faced last week. Oh, for sure. It's much more depth in yeah. this race than, than last week. So, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, now, your guy, Max Delight, he's had two trials. One was at Shepparton against Lock and Vara, and then he trialled earlier this week at Kilmore. Did you drive him at Kilmore in the trial? Uh, yeah, yeah, he felt felt quite good. He didn't have his hood or anything on, so he was pretty laid back. But um, he, he just bowled his last two quarters in 27-6, 27-6, and so felt good running up the straight. 
Okay, so he felt as good as now as what he did during the, the, the recent Inter Dominion series? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Now, Lock and Barat and the expensive ego, they're, they're the two class runners, along with your guy. Uh, do you see anything else in this race being some sort of threat? Um, I think Triple Eight's going really well. He's, he's a class horse that, you know, needs the light run, but um, his run at Bendigo when he sat Park was out, out of character and, and he stuck it out really well. I know he's drawn wide, but if they go crazy early, he'll be storming home because, you know, we all know what a big, long straight is he's at Ballarat. Okay. Now, David's obviously got him on target for the Hunter Cup. Will that be his next start after tomorrow night? Uh, yeah, pretty much. All right. And then he's back up to Sydney for a shot at the Miracle Mile? Um, yeah, I would say so, as long as his form's, you know, holding well. David likes to get him up to Sydney, and he likes that track. He's on the, you know, the derby and that up there. So, um, yeah, for sure. All right. Steve, the, the fascinating thing with Chris Albert and the Ballarat Cup, he won this race back in 2014. It was probably one of the most bizarre race nights that has ever unfolded because... This was the year where we had almost half the field come out because of it was sulky gate, wasn't it, Chris? That night? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, all well, the sulkies were a bit wide, and the stewards found out and um, you know, gave the trainers the option to use another cart, which they didn't didn't take for some reason. And um, yeah, I think only four of us went around. It, it would have just been mass confusion. Yeah, it was a bit bizarre, but um, yeah, just one of that one of those things that happens, and uh, yeah, it might have been in our blessing because we might not won if um, if that didn't happen. You beat was that Terra to Love that you beat that night? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember that. That was just a yeah, I think very Darren strange race. Three or four of Clayton's coming out, and a couple of David Aiken. So yeah, it was a, it was a very small field at the finish. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it was a bizarre race night. I remember it sort of quite well. And it was still just, you know, thinking back how confusing it was because it was almost like mixed messaging on what was happening down there. But, um, yeah, it was all because of the, the race sulking that night. But uh, you got the result. And that's all that matters. No, nah, that's for sure. All right. So you're giving him a really good chance tomorrow night, Max Delight? Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, he, he does, even if he doesn't get across, uh, I still think he's got a great chance because he's... Twenty in the first three or four, and that's where you've got to be at Ballarat. And that's the thing about Max Delight. He, he he's not a one-trick pony, is he? No, no, he can he can you know, lead, come from way back, or or you can put him up there if you need to. Um, yeah, I'm pretty confident that he'll be yeah at no worse top four. All right, excellent, Chris. Really appreciate the time. Best of luck tomorrow night with Max Delight. No worries, mate. Thank you. There's Chris Alford yeah. joining us. So. It was a fascinating night when he won that uh, Ballarat Cup a few years ago. Well, it's back in 2014 now. But, uh, yeah, as he said, uh, more than half the field came out because uh, because of the sulky. So, but he got the result with Iron Cause and Terror. So there you have it. Mm. I just had to duck out for 30 seconds then. Chris, did, did, I don't know if you mentioned it. How many Group 1s has he driven, do you know, Chris Alford, during his career? Or if we can find <laughs> those stats out, we might touch on it next week. Um, yeah, no, leave it with me and yeah. uh, I'll work on that. But uh, I know he's driven over 5,000 winners, so um, yeah. there's a lot of Group 1 wins. But I'm not sure if he's got the record for most or someone's someone's got that over him. So mm -hmm. I'll, I'll leave that And with I did me. ask him last time. I just can't remember. This is ages ago we spoke to him. There you go, 116. Oh, wow. You found that quickly? Yeah. Mm. And who gave him so, the nickname The Puppet? 
Was it one of the broadcasters? Sure. I just can't remember. I think he did tell us the story, but that was some time ago. So, Yeah. Hmm. As it stands, he's the only driver with uh, more than 100 Group 1 wins. The late Gavin Lang had 97. Luke McCarthy, 74. Gary Hall Jr., 64. Nathan Purden's Sorry. with us, Chris. Nathan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. How are you? I'm really well. How are you in lead up to the uh, the big Ballarat Cup tomorrow night with Amazing Dream? Yeah, yeah, everything seems uh, seems all go anyway. Chris, the, the horse seems good, so uh, that's the main thing. Are you disappointed with the draw when it was released earlier in the week? Not really. Um, I, I don't really know what a good draw is for her, to be honest. Chris, she's... Um, <laughs> Sometimes she gets driven upside down, and, and you think it's too tough a run for her, and, and she comes out on top. And sometimes, you know, she gets an easy lead, and uh, she should win, and she doesn't. So, uh, yeah, I don't think uh, there is a, a good draw for her. I think she just needs a little bit of luck it's on the a, night, and she's there it. It's a good point you raise because although she's been so consistent since she's been under your care, and we're talking, you know, right back until the the, the, the winter carnival last year, where she was so good claiming you know, two of those features, but she has been a little bit costly at times because, like you said, she was expected to win, didn't win, and she had the good draws and didn't make full use of it. So it's been a little bit up and down with her, hasn't it? Yeah, well, she seems to be a little bit uh, vulnerable when she when she runs to the top. She uh, just sort of sits back and waits for him. Um, it's probably the biggest downfall. She just lacks that real point-to-point speed. Um but as we know, she can she can stay all day. But uh, probably the only time she's she's really got away from them was in the Queen of the Pacific when she led. Uh, was was it probably best chance then. But before then, I can't really think of a time where she has led and uh, and held off. Mm. Well, last time out the Cranbourne Cup, she was in front. And Supreme Dominator was able to get her down. So again, you were close, but uh, just that little bit short. So again, you went home frustrated that night. Yeah, I think Supreme Domino is probably a touch underrated too. He's uh, he's been a nice horse, you know. Um, Barry Burton had him in New Zealand, and you know he, he done a, a pretty handy job. And um, I think as a three-year-old, he was uh, he was running a, a head to um, ultimate sniper. So uh, yeah, the, the form is probably a little bit underrated mm-hmm. with him. I think as time goes on, um, you know, he, he will do a pretty good job, and he's probably just starting to to um, to show us what mm-hmm. he can do. But um, he's. Uh, I don't think it was a bad run that night. She got a um, attack when she did find the front, and um, you know she probably on class. She's probably a, a better horse, but um, you know she's just vulnerable with uh, when one gets a lethal shot at her, especially a horse like him. You make a good point. Last start, I'm just watching the replay again now. It's not a case of she was stopping. It's when Supreme Dominator joined her. She kicked, and they they started to gap the rest late in the race, didn't they? Those two. For sure. Um, you know it's. Uh, you know, as I say, he's, I, I think personally he's uh, he's an underrated horse. Really, he's if he gets the right run in in, in the better races, um, you know, he's certainly a threat in any race. We're currently at nineteen dollars with Tab Amazing Dream. So is she the forgotten horse in this field tomorrow night? I think so. I don't think you know you win ten Group One races if if you're only ordinary. So uh, you know, she's certainly every bit as good as as the rest of them. I think she'll. Uh, She's going to need a little bit of luck from the draw, but uh, if she gets luck, she's she's definitely a winning chance. Well, I'm looking at... I've only got a past 20 starts here in front of me. She's never finished out of the top four. Yeah, I think uh, in a whole 
in a whole career, she's uh, the worst she's run fifth. So yeah, it's pretty good, pretty good uh, mm. record. And you go back to the Queensland form during the the winter, Nathan. She beat Expensive Ego when she was able to win the Rising Sun. Yes, yeah, she's uh, she's she's been there and done it all before, and 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 beaten the best. Um, a copy of that obviously went on and won the cup, and and she beat him a couple of times in those in those feature races too. So uh, she's she, I think her record speaks for itself. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now, have you done anything special with her since that Cranbourne Cup? That was back on December 18, so a few weeks between runs. Have you done anything special with her? Uh, I just took her into Geelong. We're only 10 minutes away from the racetrack there, so uh, I just took her in there uh, Saturday and gave her a good stretch out. And um, yeah, in the wind, she was really well. She's probably a little bit ahead of, of where I thought she might be. Uh, she might have just been a little bit under going into this race. Um but uh, I just wanted to give her a week freshen up from her last start. She had a couple of real hard runs and, and a bit of sort of gut-busting uh, runs. But she seems to bounce back pretty good after that week out. And um, you know, she's working into this race really well and then obviously onto the undercut. Are you more worried about Lock and Varad or Expensive Ego or you've got great respect for both? Uh, great respect for both. I've always I've really liked... Um, Welcome to our art from from a very long time ago. Uh, I think he's been a, a tremendous horse, and um, probably at the moment, I think it's really hard to to come back in the grade. I know we went super last start, but um, you know, probably if, if I had to pick one to be the hardest to beat, it'd be expensive ego. Mm. It, it is a Tough ass that Lockenvarat faces tomorrow night. First up last week, he was terrific, did a lot of work, but a, a quick seven-day backup. It's it's got to take its toll, surely. Yeah, well, I don't underrate. You know, Dave Moran's a, a great horseman, and I'm sure he'll uh, he'll have him peaked at the at the right time. But um, yeah, it is a very very hard grade to come back in after such a long absence. It's uh, yeah, he's he's done a great job, but he's. Uh, yeah, he'll have to lift again to, to win on Saturday, I would say. All right. Now, you've mentioned the Hunter Cup. That's going to be the next target for Amazing Dream. What are we looking after that, Nathan? Do, do you look to take it to Sydney for a shot at the Ladyship Mile, Miracle Mile? Uh, yes. Yeah, so on the same night, uh, they've got a mayor's race. Um, that If you win that, you get into the into the Ladyship. So it's a little bit awkward with, um, with planning here for a Ladyship. I think it's either... She's either got a race in the Ladyship or the Miracle Mile um, as the, the heats sort of fall on the same night. So uh, we'll probably prepare for a Miracle Mile to approach the Ladyship. Okay. Is there any talk? She is North American owned. Is there any talk about her going that way uh, anytime soon? Uh, we'll just talked to, to Gordon not long ago, uh, you know, mainly communicate with him, and he said uh, that probably she may look at going after the Miracle Mile. Um, either there or, or you know, there's a few nice races in New Zealand around that time, so uh, he'll just have to weigh it up if, if the plane plane's going over the right time, but um, nothing's sort of set in stone just yet. Okay. Speaking of those big races in Sydney, the Ladyship Mile and the like, Spellbound, is she on target for those races as well? Yes, she'll go. There's a, a group one for her, um, the Ladyship Cup on the which is the same night as the Hunter Cup, and then she'll go after the, the Sydney for the uh, for the ladyship from there. Okay, you happy with the way she's uh, going? 
Yeah, she seems really well. Uh, she's won two. We just gave a little freshen up after the, the Vic Bird race. Um, she had a tough run there, and she bounced out of it really well. But um, yeah, we just give her time to pick back up. And she seems to have come back pretty good. So I'm um, uh, very happy with her. Her and Majita have staged some great battles in recent times. Yeah, yeah, they're both, uh, you know, they're both really good mares, great mares, really. And um, it probably comes down to so who gets a better run. And uh, uh, Greg weaved the magic on, on Big Bread Night and, and coming out on top. But uh, I don't think, on a whole, there's, there's certainly not too much between them. Okay. How many's in the team at the moment, Nathan? Uh, we've got 15 in work. Okay. Okay. Were you hoping that uh, Tony was going to send over Bolt for Brilliance? Yeah, yeah, he's a great trotter. He's been really, been really well. But um, oh, it is what it is, really. I just go with the flow and uh, if the phone rings and he turns up, it's an added bonus. But um, no, it's a little bit, a little bit uh, disappointing that he's not coming over, especially just for, for the race itself. Um, having a horse of, of his calibre to come over would be a big draw card too. So uh, yeah, it's a little bit disappointing in that way. Yeah, absolutely. What about, uh, have you got any uh, likely times headed your way for any of these bigger races like uh, the, the Derbies or Oaks? Uh, Dad, not sure been on yet. the phone? No. no, I was trying to persuade Dad to get a cooter over here, but um, no, it's uh, <laughs> nothing sitting now. But, uh, I'm still trying to twist his arm on that one. What about True Fantasy? We'll take her for the Oaks as well. Yeah, yeah, she's not too bad. I've got a more Vita here and... Uh, I'm pretty happy to have her. She's she's done a super job, and uh, yeah, I think quite highly of her. So uh, I think we've we're going in with the right one. Is she going to Sydney and Morvita? Yes, she will. All right. Okay. So when will she step out next, Nathan? Uh, there's a race for her on the fifth, also just a um, a thirty has on a three-year-old filly race. So uh, that'll be her her uh, next assignment, and then two weeks is the is the heat for the Oaks and then the, the finals the following week. Okay. She was awesome taking out the Vic Bread, wasn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she seems to have plenty of gears, Chris. She's just a trolley that doesn't really get tired. She uh, she always lifts and she's got really high speed. So, um, you know, she's got, she's got all the all the right things to uh, to be a pretty serious horse, I think. Mm, yeah, it certainly looks that way. And what about uh, two-year-olds, rising two-year-olds? Have you got a few nice ones in the camp? Yeah, we've got a few that are. Um, I'll probably take to a, a troll uh, in about 10 days' time. They can step off the pace, but um, they've got a while to go yet. But, you know, I think we're going to make the grade anyway. All right, excellent. Sounds good. Well, best of luck tomorrow night with Amazing Dream. Uh, as I said uh, earlier, the last pair to win the Ballarat Cup was Lombo Repeater back in 2000. So you're looking to join a very elite group of mares that have been able to win this feature race. But she's as good as anything that we've seen in recent times, Amazing Dream, earning just shy of $1.4 million. Really appreciate the time today. Best of luck. All right, Isabel.